What's up, homies? I'm Erica. I'm Roshane J. And thank you guys so much for joining us today as we close the door on Hill House and open it for Bly Manor. That was really so. good. That was that was good. That was good. I was wondering. <laughs> I was really wondering what the segue would be, and you did not disappoint. I want you to know that. Thank you so much. <laughs> I thought about it i well actually that's a lie i was using the bathroom and while i was on the toilet it came to me <laughs> in a in a in a haze and i was like yep i'm probably gonna i'm probably gonna do that <laughs> as with all good thoughts they always appear on the toilet <laughs> oh that's true yeah what a good thinking place if you guys are ever like having um a brain fart moment mm-hmm, mm-hmm. go fart on the toilet and mm. see what happens perfect yeah. see, they're coming out wow oh man erica's in a mood (laughs) i'm just excited to talk about to talk about this show yeah i am too i'm down like i'm I'm enjoying it so far yes we so we are going to be do because there's nine episodes in this season compared to the 10 that were in hill house so we're going to split it up. We're still going to split it into three parts. So we're just going to do three episodes per, you know, podcast. Uh, so we've decided that we are going to try and dodge the spoilers. We are only going to watch, you know, as many episodes as we're going to be talking about. So we've only each of us have only watched the first three so we're going solely off of what we know from those ones. We're going to try and discuss what we think this mystery is going to unfold to be together today. And we haven't talked about this at all. Like yeah. We waited to record to talk about it. We haven't spoken about the plot, the characters, none of that. Nope. There's been no midnight text about, hey, did you see that mm-hmm. episode? Like, we're going into this fresh. So all yeah. you uh, all you spoiler keyboard warriors, like calm down for a second. We will be a little naive to a couple things plot wise, but for good reason. We will. So you're getting like fresh off the dome thoughts about these first three episodes. And but before we get into the episodes themselves, I want to hear what you think so far just like going in what are how are you feeling about you know the story so far how are you feeling about how it's unfolding are you liking the season so far i want to just get like your first impressions straight off the top yeah no worries um personally i'm very much enjoying uh blind manor so far it's definitely different than hill house and i believe that's different in a good way so far Um, It seems to be a little bit more focused on the storyline this time and less about the scares, which some people might not like, but I'm kind of a sucker for it. I'm enjoying that it feels like a lot of the scares, at least in the first three episodes, are more background to everything else that's happening. And I mean, we have to talk about the fact that those two kid actors are fan fantastic like these two kids 
are so unnerving. They're so cute. Don't get me wrong. They're, they're, they're precious, but they're also so creepy in their own The Shining kind of way that that alone is kind of enough for me so far. Like, I know I, I've seen some of the extra scares that have been in the background and some of the more apparent scares that have been happening. But just watching these two kids alone is stressful as hell. It's stressful as all hell. And mm-hmm. I'm still getting that tense feeling that was present while I was watching Hill House while I'm watching Bly Manor. But it's in it's in a different way. It's definitely in a different way. But I think it's in a different way in a good way. Uh, what about you, though? Yeah, no, I agree. I definitely think that this season, this season to me so far feels a bit more like a mystery as opposed to like a scary movie. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot of, not that there weren't in Hill House, because in Hill House there was a lot of stuff that unraveled and you found out things as you go. But I think because this season is so based within Bly Manor that you really have to figure out exactly what is going on in this house. Because in season one, like, yeah, it was about Hill House, but they left that house. You were, you got to see them out of that environment. Bly Manor is very heavily about the manor Mm -hmm. and everything that we're seeing is unfolding there. So I think that it's going more for the creepy unsettling factor rather than jump scares or you know trying to be on the lookout for because i know that they're there i know that there are you know those background scares and i do look out for those but i definitely feel more so with this one i think i'm a bit more engrossed in the story rather than looking for the scare than i was in the first season Mm mm-hmm But yeah, I mean, they always nail it with their, like the acting in these shows, like it's always so good. They always nail the kid actors because the kid actors in the first season were on point. Yeah, they were amazing. Like I need to, they always have, that's one thing that I always know that I knew coming into this season. I was like, I already know the acting is going to be like the tops. So I'm not worried about that. I'm just like, is the story still going to captivate me? And I feel like it is. Like, it was really hard for me not to continue right. on to the next episode. <laughs> and the other thing so far, too, and this might change over the next couple episodes, because it was around, like, episode four or five that I think Hill House got very hard to watch just from an emotional level. Like, these episodes, although tense, are a little bit easier to kind of just sit and watch through, I feel like. Um, Mm. They're, so far, it's not as emotionally draining as Hill House was. So I'm able to sit with the story a little bit more and kind of analyze it and chew on it a little bit instead of just being, you know, out of breath, just wanting to hug a plushie and take a nap. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's true. They're definitely more, it's not as like traumatic and tragic of a story yet. 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 I have the feeling that she's in the works and she like, like my tears, I'm storing them. They're Mm. ready to fall. They just haven't been summoned yet. And I'm like, ah, it's probably, I, yeah, I think on this next batch of episodes, we might hit that. 
um, especially with the way that this third episode that we watched ended. I'm yeah. sure we're going to start to get into some sadness and some sorrow. So I'm trying to prepare myself for that. But I also wanted to give a shout out to the diversity of this season. Yes, there's a big step up from Hill House. And it's something that I definitely noticed while watching Hill House, but it didn't bother me too much because I enjoyed the show a lot. But they're definitely going out of their way to make sure that there's different people represented in this one. And I do appreciate that. Yeah, I'm really, I was really excited to see that. And I think it's easier with this story that they're telling now because not everybody is related. Like, obviously, in Hill House, they were all related to each other. So it's like, okay, whatever ethnicity the family is, like, duh, that's where everybody's going to be. Right. But, um, yeah, I think because of the story that they're allowing to happen in this one and the fact that it's more so an ensemble of characters that are just kind of connected through the manner yeah the manner itself rather than by blood you're opening it up to being able to cast you know whoever um so yeah i'm really i was really happy to see that and yeah um on that note shall we dive into the first episode yeah by all means let's go into episode one of blind manor which um i did look up a little bit of in the best way that I can without avoiding spoilers, because at this point, when you put Blind Manor into Google, half of the results are ending, explain, ending, explain, <laughs> see what happens in the ending of Blind Manor. I'm like, that's not what I'm here looking for. Um, mm-hmm. But a couple little cool things before we dive too deep is that um, one, Blind Manor isn't real, which is something I was curious about. Um, it is based off of. So the creator, I guess Mike Flanagan, uh, he gave like a mini interview, I think a couple months ago in preparation for this coming out. And so a lot of the inspiration from this is from Henry James's The Turn of the Screw um, is where he pulled a lot of his influence from. And the creator, Mike Flanagan, also stated that this is supposed to be more of a um, gothic romance, I think is the wording that he used for this specific series, which I definitely think has been translating very well in the first three episodes. Oh, yes. Yeah, I definitely think that it's leaning more into that, like, gothic setting. The story itself, even the way it's being told, I think, like, reminds me of I'm trying to think of like almost like Frankenstein. Yeah, I, I it's just very to like, of, like Victorian or like mm-hmm. it feels very proper and very English. Yeah, it does, which I think is cool. I like that they're taking it to a totally different place rather than it being the United States. I like that we're in this completely, well, I mean, at least for us, like completely new setting mm-hmm. and having it take place in London. Also having an American who is, in London and kind of out of their element yeah. is always a cool plot device in my opinion. And I did know that this was based on the turning of the screw. I have never read that book. So no, me neither. I, I just... was, yeah, like I was, I've heard of it. I know that they just had that one movie that came out, the turning that like nobody liked, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I've heard of the book before. I've never read it. So I know bits and pieces and I can see kind of 
like like specifically the kids and the whole thing with the au pair i know that that's something from that book Mm -hmm. um but i didn't want to look too much into it because i preferred to go into it not really knowing very much about the book rather than knowing a bunch and then trying to compare like i didn't want to do that to myself so yeah uh, i'll wait (laughs) kind of the same myself um i there i always like to look up like little tidbits if i can um without spoiling too much which learning that it was based off this i'm like okay cool because then it also gives something post watching the show for you know people to look up and then you know make their own comparisons i think you can do it in a bit of a different order like you don't necessarily have to read it first and then watch the show like i think it's probably totally okay to do it backwards though I do think a cool thing is that even though Bly Manor itself isn't a real place, um, the turn of the screw was apparently influenced by a real-life haunting of a place called the Hinton Ampner. I think I'm saying that correctly. Hinton Ampner. Um, But that's actually a supposedly haunted mansion that has since been torn down. But that was the inspiration for the initial uh, story that this whole series is based off of. Oh, okay. Yeah, so another little thing to look up if you're curious about a little bit more Bly Manor lore. But yes, let's get let's get into the first episode. Okay, cool. So the first episode is called The Great Good Place. So uh, just off of off the bat, we already have a difference in the way that the narrative is set up because the whole show so far um, like the main story that we're following is a ghost story mm-hmm. that is being told. Um, so because originally when we started, when we start the series, it's like California, the year is 2007. But then, oh, and also we've obviously got some returning players from season one. It's kind of like American Horror Story where which I like actors. Yeah, I like because I'm like, I like these actors and it's fun to see them play different characters mm-hmm. like and see them spread their acting chops i love that um so i'm gonna say her last name wrong carla gugino 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 carla gugino <laughs> um <laughs> so which is she played Olivia in the first season. She played the mother. Mm-hmm. So she, we begin with her and she goes to this wedding. Um, and like the, all of the people that are attending the wedding, they're all sitting around talking about the location that they're in is supposedly haunted. And she says, you want to hear a ghost story? I have one. It's not my story, but, and like, here's a scary one. And she starts it and that's what leads us into our main story which is set in london 1987 and i kind of like that as a narrative kind of structure i think it's interesting and i like that it's totally different from what the first season did interesting yeah i was i'm a little on the fence i'm gonna be honest that's one of the, i do i'm enjoying the show so far um I think one of my few things that I'm a little shaky on was that particular premise. Not that it doesn't work for me. Um, It works, and I get it. Um, I think I need to see how it all ties in at the end for me to have a full-on opinion of it, I think. like Mm -hmm. It's one of those things that after watching Hill House, 
I'm assuming that we'll find a way to connect what's happening in this initial intro back to the main story outside of her just telling the story, right? Like, I feel like there's more there to be found, but part of me from face value kind of wanted to just jump into Blind Manor, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, a part of me feels like she, her character, because so far her character is unnamed. Mm-hmm. I feel like she is the adult version of either Flora or somebody else who we're going to see in the manor. I think think that's a given. Yeah, like she's obviously a participant in the story. She's going to, she like, despite her saying, it's not my story, like girl. It's, she's part of the story. Okay, no, that's actually fun though. All right, you have to pick now because we're not too deep in. But so far, if it's one of the characters we've seen so far, who do you think she is? I think she's Flora because now I say that, but I don't know if the age like totally matches up. I would have to go back and see how old she looks. Um, she's only in it so far because we hear her her narrating a lot, but like we've only seen her for what, like three minutes yeah. in total. So I don't really remember what, how her aging looks but i only i think she's flora because she does have an act she has a british accent mm-hmm. um so she's definitely not danny uh, unless danny just like <laughs> decides to have a british accent after a while <laughs> i don't know maybe it happens sometimes but uh and also because at the very beginning of the like episode when she when we first see her there's this song that is playing mm-hmm. and it's a song that we hear Flora singing a lot. So that leads me to believe oh, that yeah, it that's be true. Okay. But like I said, she might be too old for how old Flora would, would be, be at whatever point at this time. is. Right. Though we don't know for sure how long after the events of Blind Manor this is. So there is a chance that it could still be her. And this uh, retelling is just taking place far in the future. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and cast my bets on it being Flora, just because it's just who I thought of right off of the bat when I kept hearing that song and it kept being connected to Flora. Like I I just instantly was like, okay, it's probably her, mm-hmm. and I'm sh- and I'm sure that Flora probably survives everything that happens, so it would make sense that she would grow up and still have this story so i'm gonna go ahead and put all my chips on flora all in on flora yeah i'm all in why not (laughs) okay (laughs) the points don't matter why not (laughs) fair enough (laughs) um so yeah we once she goes from that we hop into london 1987 wait hold up hold up hold up no i gotta i gotta say real quick i want to jump in because i want to i want to be on the i want to be on the uh, bet list too I because... thought you were going to put it all in on Flora with me. Oh, no, 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 Mm-mm, no, no. Oh, I thought you had my back. No, I, 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 think, I think you have a great argument for Flora. And I don't think that um, po- signs are pointing towards it's not Flora. I don't disagree with your notions. But I'm actually kind of thinking it might be the gardener, Jamie. That was what of my what would have been my second guess. It for like for somebody who's looking at this at face value, I'm like, 
she's kind of close enough to it that it would make sense that she's like, this is not my story, though there would definitely have to be some um, some plot forgiveness because I'm sure there are certain aspects of the story that she would know. So, like, how could she tell that? But I think, I think right. it might be. Well, yeah, but then at the same time, we don't, like, there are some aspects that maybe she wasn't, like, wouldn't have been there for. So how did she know? But there's nothing to say that she didn't hear about these things happening mm-hmm. from Danny or from the children or something. Yeah, like so hearing yeah, it later that, on. Yeah, like them telling her, which might be why she's like, this isn't my story because technically I heard a lot of it from somebody else. But, you know, it is also kind of her story because she she is there. Like she is an active participant. Yeah. Um, I, I, I kind of yeah, okay. think, too, um, this is what I'm catching so far from the storytelling aspect. I could be wrong, but it's kind of seeming like, so we'll have, we start with a narration, right? And then we'll slip into the actual story. And then occasionally we'll hear some some narration over the story. And part of me believes that those pieces that we hear in narration form are what are being told in real time at this wedding, while the rest is us kind of being able to see what else is happening, if that makes sense. No, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking, too. It's like she, because when she narrates, she, when it like switches to her narration, she adds in all of these adjectives. She says things that like would only a narrator would say, like about how they're feeling inside and how they're falling in love with the place. You know, like things that like nobody would ever say that out loud. Mm-hmm. Only, like, someone in a story narrating would say those kinds of things. Okay, no, yeah, I, I'm down with those two choices. I think that that's, I think that those are good. As far as what we've gotten so far, I think that those both could definitely be possibilities. Watch us watch the next three episodes and all of that gets thrown out the window. Right. And then we look like the clowns, but whatever. It's like, actually, you know? it's Owen. Yeah, they're like, surprise, like. Owen was the narrator the whole time. And I'm like, well, back to clown college for <laughs> But so far, I'm happy with, with our, our two yeah. pieces. But so now we meet Danny, um, who is our main, main protagonist, I would say. Yeah, safe um, to say. Yeah, I mean, we get, you know, as always, we're following a bunch of different characters, but we mainly are kind of on her side and she is an american um who has been living in london and she is going to interview to be an au pair for the children at blind manor so um we also get to meet like oh wait before we even meet him we have our first little kind of jump scare she looks into this car window Mm -hmm. like the windows rolled up and she sees her reflection and then we see a really quick glimpse of like a shadow man with bright glowing like glasses. Yeah, but they're yeah, they're like glasses. Like so where his glass they're like round. So where his frames would normally be, it's just bright. Kind of looks like headlights on like a car. Them. Yeah. And it spooks her. And it spooked me as well. <laughs> so I get it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of our first little jump scare and our first indication that danny is kind of something's uh she's going through because it's it's Mm -hmm. very clear too in the first episode that she's actually kind of not used to it but this is not the first time this has happened because 
that you can see this character throughout the episode she's always covering up mirrors like she hates looking at reflections yeah she anytime and anytime she accidentally catches the glimpse of a reflection she sees that and she kind of it seems like she kind of knows that she needs to do like look away or do something to get it to go away yeah um so yeah it seems like she's probably been living with that hallucination we'll call it for now for a while and we also do find out that she she is kind of running not running away from something but it's something happened in america that she purposefully went to london to get away from. yeah so which we haven't we haven't gotten to hear exactly what that is yet have we like they they've made mm-hmm. references to it but we still don't know what actually happened in the states because I think it's the very next episode. Oh. I think episode four is when they get into okay. it. Okay. So, you know, jokes on us. <laughs> right. But, um, <laughs> so, yeah. So she goes to meet Mr. Wingrave. She has an interview with him. And I like Dan. Danny's like a little sassy with him. And it doesn't go. The interview doesn't go well. Um, but what she does find out from him at first is that he needs someone to watch his niece and his nephew because their parents died and their names are Miles and Flora. They live in Bly Manor. Their parents died. They're a handful and they're unable to, you know, keep anyone or, or even get anyone to go be their nanny Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of like hearsay around Bly Manor itself because not only did their parents die but also their the person who was their nanny right before Danny killed themselves at Bly Manor she like committed suicide there and so that was just another thing that people were like okay I don't want to like, I'm not trying to be there. Yeah, that place is sus. That place is mad sus. Ain't yeah. nobody want to go over there. We're like, nah, nah, I'd rather work at Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, uh, I'm I'm a head out. Like, I <laughs> I don't even wanna I don't even wanna know where Blind Manor's at. And he does like well, and Danny kinda calls him out because she says that she's seen that ad in the paper for six months, which means that nobody has taken up on that offer for six months which i wish i had the balls to do that in any job interview ever i wish i had the balls to say something like that like matter of fact you need me for this job otherwise you would have had this Mm -hmm. position filled months ago bro i was like damn she read him for phil (laughs) but it's like yeah he was being like because he was being a dick to her as well because he basically was like what's your problem why are you single why don't you have a job why are you like he's like making her feel really shitty so yeah no he definitely he deserved that shit he deserved it yeah so that interview doesn't go well but then they later run into each other at the pub and they kind of kind of open up to each other thanks to many drinks they mm-hmm. <laughs> both kind of like are able to open up to each other a little bit um and danny tells him because she was a teacher but she says that she had trouble being in charge of that many people that many kids like it was too much and so the idea of only have to t- only having to take care of two kids is really appealing to her and then he 
like tells that when they're at the pub is when he kind of tells her like exactly what is why people don't want to be at blind man. Yeah. But the uh, end result is that she ends up getting the job actually from that conversation. And we get to meet Owen who comes to pick Danny up and Owen is the cook for blind man. Mm -hmm. And I like Owen. He's, I Owen like is him. very charming. I I would love to go sit at a pub with Owen. Like Owen is a cool dude. Yeah, he's so nice. He's like very nice to the kids. He has like this dad sense of humor. He really does. He's got he's... dad jokes on fucking point, and I respect mm -hmm. him for it. Yeah, it's and he's he's very friendly. That's the thing about a lot of these characters because so we meet Owen, who is the cook. We also. Um, are about to meet Mrs. Jessel, and her name is Hannah, mm -hmm. but she's like the, she's the housekeeper. Wait, Mrs. But, Jessel or um, Mrs. Gross? I'm sorry, Mrs. Mrs. Gross. Mrs. Gross, okay. Yeah, Hannah Gross is the housekeeper. Mr. Wingrave tells, but like is very sure to tell Danny like, yo, it's not Hannah's job to take care of the kids. It's not Owen's job. It's your job. Mm -hmm. Like, you pay attention to the kids. They worry about everything else. So, we meet Hannah and then a little bit later on, we also meet Jamie, who's the gardener. But I like that all of these characters are likable. Like, they're all very nice to Danny. None of them are assholes to her. Like, they are just likable characters. Yeah. And so you're immediately like, oh, man, I hope that, like, I hope nothing bad happens to them. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're already feeling this sense of dread that, you know, something horrible is going to happen because you do like these characters, you know, like they're all likable people and Danny likes them mm. more. So like she, right off the bat, like she, when she first gets there, she's like really happy to be there and she really likes the place and she really likes the people. Like I appreciate when characters just are like very likable and feel very organic in scary movies or in like horror anything because i'm already like like you're rooting for him you don't want you don't want yeah. him to go i don't want anybody to get hurt but i know they will yeah <laughs> the series is good <laughs> which this, is a bummer the series is good about that they did that really well i think in hill house as well and i think it's just mm -hmm. a staple for them to make sure that these characters are they're in depth but they're also characters that you care about they know that that's important um, to the overall mood of the story and how the audience perceives it. I think they know that if we like these characters more, we'll be even more upset when something happens to them. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which I think is just like a huge pro, especially for a TV series. I need to like the characters if I'm going to continue to be engaged yeah. for however many episodes. Um, so, yeah, we get to meet all of the staff and we also meet miles and flora who are perfectly are, splendid who are perfectly splendid yes well first she meets flora she she finds flora sitting by a lake and it sounds like flora is singing But then when Danny says, that was a beautiful song, um, what were you singing? Flora is like confused. And she's like, what? Mm -hmm. um, but 
Flora is very sweet. She immediately is like obsessed with Danny. She thinks Danny is so beautiful and she's so excited for her to be there. And yeah, she keeps saying that every like perfectly splendid is what she uses to describe everything. Yeah, there's no okay or good or great. It's either it's dreadful, it's boring, or it is perfectly splendid. Yeah. I love the way so she, she says it too. I know. She's so cute. She says perfectly splendid like uh fifty seven times. Did you did, <laughs> this, like, please tell me that's an exact number? Were you counting? <laughs> no, I wasn't counting because by the time that I realized that she was gonna continue to do it, I had already missed. No, that's true. Like, yeah, I would have had to go back and be like, okay, now I'm counting. Ain't nobody got time for that. But I'm telling no. But if you were taking a shot every time she said it, you would be uh, dead. <laughs> so she says it a lot. That is the, that <laughs> I'll is tell you the that much. perfect drinking game for this. Uh, if you guys are trying oh to get. Wasted while watching the first episode of Bly Manor. Drink every time Flora says no. perfectly splendid. No, homies. <laughs> maybe drink, yeah, maybe like with, a with beer. Okay. Don't, sip don't, a beer. don't, yeah, yeah. Don't go with the hard stuff. You won't make it. No, no. Your liver. <laughs> Your livers. <laughs> they won't survive the night. Um, so yeah, she meets Flora and she also meets Miles. And Miles is a weirdo. Yeah. <laughs> but it's these kids are very interesting because they will be really weird, but then they'll be perfectly normal. Like they on like the drop of a dime, they switch between these different like personalities almost. Pers yeah. So when you first meet Miles, he's cool. Like he's cool. He's being fine. He, they like uh you know, Flora wants to show Danny around the house. So they're taking them on this big, taking her on this tour. And then they, they leave her in her room and she's like about to take her shirt off. And she looks over and Miles is just standing in the doorway, staring, like watching it's Creeping her. in. I'm like, Miles, what are you doing, my dude? That's, yeah. Cause that's like the first time that we see him being weird mm -hmm. is him just standing there watching her. And she's like, uh, can I help you? And he's like, oh yeah, I just wanted to give you this gift. And he gives her um, a butterfly clip, and she's like, or it's like a, a like it's like those old clips that are like combs. Yeah, that you kind of just stick in your and, hair, like a little like hair yeah, piece or something. You, yeah, that you stick and then it pins part of your hair back, and it's and she's like, thanks, but you can tell that she's like, yo, yeah, you're fucking, but. She does tell him. She's like, you got to not. Yeah, I like that Danny is not afraid to, like, take on a parental role with these kids. I'm glad that um, they took the character in that direction because mm -hmm. I feel like she could have done that scene in two different ways. She could have either, A, done it the way that she did or, B, been like, okay, that was weird, but, you know, you're still, like, the kid, so I need to be friendly with you guys so I don't lose my job. Like, I'm glad that she's okay with being stern with the kids. I think that adds an extra layer. Yeah. Well, and I think that that is why, like, I think it was a good move for them to make her a former teacher. Because then she already has that, like, stern part where she's, like, not afraid to be stern with children. And she knows how to deal with them. Mm-hmm you know and make sure that they get disciplined correctly without just being like oh yeah whatever because i think if she had never had if they had made her a character where she never really had to deal with children she would be a lot more lax and kind of let them do whatever yeah which is something we get into a little bit <laughs> but um 
Yeah, so she's not a f- like right away, especially with Miles, she kind of puts her foot down with him. And also, she knows that Miles was in boarding school and he got kicked out. Now, she doesn't know why. She doesn't know what happened, but she does know that he's had some like behavioral problems, so I think that she already knows that she needs to go in with a little bit of a firmer hand with him as opposed to Flora, yeah. who it's just kind of weird, but like hasn't really had any issues in that sense. So, yeah, I do like that she right away is like, uh-uh, uh-uh. We're not about to play this <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> um, But, yeah, so she gets the butterfly clip. And this is when we also find out that Miss Jessel was the governess. She was the prior nanny that they had who killed herself. And... They, they have like a, they have a really good day. Danny's like in love with Boy Manor. She's, cause she was living in like a shitty hostel before. So this is like a palace. Yeah, to her. right. Um, so she's loving Boy Manor. She's like getting along fairly well with the kids. She does keep trying to kind of coax Miles into talking to her about what happened at boarding school and he keeps kind of like shutting her down. Yeah. And then we have that scene in the bathroom right. with Flora, which I really thought was creepy. Yeah. That scene, that scene was definitely one of the more unnerving ones in the first episode for different, for several reasons, honestly, like, mm-hmm. I mean, one we get, so like the pin apparently belonged to Miss Jessel and like the it was really the turn in flora's like demeanor when she saw it because like they were just having a grand old time with some little bubble bath fun and then all of a sudden she sees that and she's like you should not have that like why do you have that mm-hmm. and um the the whole time where she's like telling her about how that that belonged to miss jessel and everything she keeps doing this thing where she's looking off like behind danny like mid conversation every time danny looks back she's not seeing anything but there's this weird dynamic of where like danny's like apologetic because she didn't know what she didn't but she it's floor is being obvious enough that even danny's like yo what's behind me like what, what are you looking at like what's what's going yeah. on mm-hmm. yeah because flora keeps like laughing and making like eye contact with someone who's not there and then after Flora's like you shouldn't have that like because it was Miss Jessel's and she's not gonna like it but then she like looks behind Danny again and she's like oh never mind my mistake you can yeah I was like oh no (laughs) excuse me ma'am I was like "Uh uh-uh get rid of the clip just take it out Danny at this point just throw her throw it out out of the house. Light it on fire, <laughs> like, give it your best NFL punt, and kick that shit out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because someday, right. And so, uh, yeah, like, they have that little bath time thing. Danny sees um, her hallucination in the mirror once again. Mm-hmm. Um, but she wipes away the fog, and it's gone. And then, also, uh, she goes into Flora's room. Flora has this dope-ass um dollhouse mm-hmm. it's Bly manner yeah. but like in dollhouse form and it's so cool because it like lights up 
and I um, in my head I'm calling that foreshadowing the dollhouse because I mean you kind of see it though but it seems like so Flora has basically a doll for everyone in the house and like it seems that she makes new dolls for everybody who comes into the house and I don't like how many dolls are currently in her dollhouse I'm just gonna throw that out there no yeah there's some extra there's some extra dolls in there and Danny was even like who's this who are these people (laughs) (laughs) and Flora's like yeah it's whatever um but so you know she's making her clean up and telling her that she needs to pick up all of her dolls there's a doll underneath Flora's dresser that Danny picks up and once again Flora like immediately switches and is like put that doll back like that doll stays there yeah and and the way she says it too (laughs) it's like she's she said that like a 50 year old mom telling you not to do something and she was like put Mm -hmm. it back i was like oh no i was like okay i would have put it back (laughs) i'm like sure why not (laughs) you're right i made a mistake yeah so she puts the doll back (laughs) um and this okay so Flora tells Danny, she's like, promise me that you won't leave your room at night, that you'll stay in bed until the morning. Mm-hmm. And Danny's like, I mean, I can't promise that. But like, yeah, tonight, tonight I will. And then <laughs> like if this tra- I get it, she's a kid and you're like, yeah, OK, yeah, whatever. But the way that she said it, I would I would be like, you know what? Maybe I should just stay in my room. Right. But Danny gets like restless and she leaves her room. And I'm like, girl, you should have listened to Flora because you're being real. Yeah. Let me go walk around this giant mansion by myself at night when I'm not supposed to. Go make me a loud ass pot of tea. Oh, I know. And the kettle squeals because she forgets about Mm -hmm. it. Or the kettle whistles. I guess they don't squeal. (laughs) They whistle. <laughs> um, so that's so disheartened. Like, I guess. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, but yeah, so she and she does end up leaving her room. Yeah, she goes and makes some tea, and she's just kind of like wandering around. We then we get this shot of her going back down the hallway, mm-hmm. and it's like. The way that it's framed, there's like something right on like the corner of the shot. Yeah. And we watch her, like we're focused on her walking. And then the thing in the corner like turns. Yeah. And we see that it's a shoulder, like yeah, somebody's I, shoulder. So They're wearing like a cloak. It looks so like, far. all right. So it looks like, from what I can tell, like someone in like a cloak, a top hat, and what looks like one of those like plague doctor masks from like Victorian oh. times, right? Like that little like beak shape mm-hmm. thing. Um, I I saw it too. I mean, the that moment they made very obvious, but after watching Hill House, right, your senses kind of bump up a little bit. And mm-hmm. honestly, I feel like I saw that same character in like every single scene of her walking through the house, straight up. You probably did. The, the, like, there are de- I, I can definitely there. Were, I can definitely say for sure there were at least two scenes where she was kind of meandering. And he was just in. He or she was just in the background, just kind of waiting. Um, mm. 
but it's very it's very subtle outside of that one head turn where they're like just in case you miss them there's definitely a person here but they do that right. I, I actually want to go back and say like they do that a lot like i i, I don't know if they did it this much uh back in the hill house but yeah they did they did well at least for this mm-hmm. one i i can see them use it they're they are not shy about using this one because there have been some like middle of the day moments where there will be people just in the background for a second and then they're gone. And like, I think the nighttime, it gets a little bit more prevalent for sure. But mm-hmm. I feel like every three scenes, I'm like, who the fuck was that? Who the fuck was that? Yeah. Who was that in the background? No, they had they had a ton of them in Hill House, but I think Hill House was harder because they had a, a shit ton of statues in the house. Mm-hmm. So it was hard to know what was a statue and what was a ghost. But in this one, I think it's a little bit easier to see because they're, the house is more open. It's like more of a, a normal house yeah, than when like you- Hill House was. So you know, like when you see someone in the background... Also, the only people that stay in the house at night are Hannah, Danny, and then the two kids. So you know when you see someone in the background, if it's not Hannah, like, it's probably a ghost. Right. Because, <laughs> like, nobody else should be in the house. Mm-hmm. And the kids stay in their, the kids, well, they're supposed to be in their rooms. And for the most part, they stay in their room. So you're like, who is that? Who is that tall person in the shadows? Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure we'll find out who Plague Mask is, but they're there a lot. They're definitely there a lot. And so it's like, I like that they're creating this atmosphere from the first episode that the whatever hauntings or whatever mysterious things are happening in this mansion are hap- are happening consistently and all the time. It's not something that mm-hmm. is just going to start up on episode three. Like they they're they're happening already from the get. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm gonna fly through a couple more things of note in this episode. Yeah, go ahead. Um so Danny sees um the next day Danny sees a man standing on they keep calling it the parapet. I probably should have looked up what that is. Uh it's like a balcony. To to me it just looks like a balcony. So I was like, I'm gonna assume that's what a parapet is. So she sees this man standing there, she waves to him, he just smiles and looks at her, and then he's gone. And she brings it up later to everybody, and they all like seem very confused by this because there shouldn't be anybody else there. And also, the only way to get to where she saw him was to go through the old wing, and nobody is allowed in the old wing. Like, nobody's supposed to be. So he would have had to go through the house to get there. And so um, Danny goes to investigate the balcony where she saw him, and she finds this, like, little doll that she had also seen Flora playing with earlier when she was sitting over by the lake. So she brings it up to Hannah. Hannah tells her that, like, they're talismans that Flora makes to keep everybody safe. And Hannah gives her, like, a little bit more background about how Flora found Rebecca when, like, when she killed herself. She found her in the lake. Mm -hmm. And she talks about just, like, a little bit more about how they're, 
you know, handling everything. We learn that Hannah lights a candle for the dead. Um, there's like a little church kind of off to the house. Hannah hangs out in there a bunch. Hannah's a very interesting character. She Yeah, she's strange. Um, she's 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 strange. she's strange. She doesn't eat. She doesn't drink anything. We never see her eat or drink anything. And apparently she barely sleeps as well. Yes, she says that she's been having trouble sleeping. She's very sweet. And she gets sassy when she needs to be. I like seeing her stand up for herself. Um, but she like she gets distracted not distracted but she'll just completely like zone out mm-hmm. sometimes and not even realize that people are there talking to her and she also a lot of times will yeah like towards the end of the night she'll just kind of be like oh i'm gonna go to my room and go to sleep but then she doesn't sleep so she's i'm i'm interested in seeing more about her um but so we finally get towards the end of this episode and as Danny is putting Flora down to sleep. She accidentally kicks over that doll that had been underneath the dresser the night before. It was now sitting like staring at Flora's bed. It was like at the end of her bed, but on the floor. So Danny accidentally kicks it over when she's walking by it. Mm -hmm. And then Flora is shook. Miles is shook. They both are like in the room all of a sudden. And Danny's like, yo, I'm sorry. (laughs) Miles is like, Oh, can you get uh, something out of Flora's closet for me? So Danny goes in there and they shut the door on her mm-hmm. and they lock her in the closet. And while she's in there, there's a mirror in the closet and she sees that figure again in the mirror. She has like a panic attack. It's. You don't know how long she's in there, but it's a long time. Yeah. Like, they left her in there. It wasn't like, oh, we're just, like, we locked her in there, and now we're opening the door. No, like, she's in there for a minute because it, like, cuts away, and it cuts back, and she's, like, sitting on the floor, still crying in the closet. Yeah. She, like, tuckered herself out. Yeah. And so then the kids finally come and let her out, and they're like, oh, it was an accident. That was no and damn accident. That was no yeah. damn and accident. She's pissed. She's pissed, but she just kind of sends them to bed. And she's like, we'll deal with this in the morning. And then she sees, when she goes out in the hallway, she sees muddy footsteps. So the kids have been outside while she was locked in the closet. Yeah. Um, and she follows their footsteps outside. And then she looks up in their windows. And they're both just standing in their windows staring down at her but i think that the kids were trying to protect her yeah same here i i definitely think yeah that it it seems very clear especially going off the idea that these dolls represent people within blind manner that that particular doll is the malicious doll like that's that's the mm-hmm. that's the annabelle like you don't mess with that doll that's that's the bad doll and it seems like they both knew that when she kicked the doll that was very bad for her so they Mm -hmm. came up with this quick plan to lock her away so that whatever that doll's attached to which you know lady of the lake which we don't really know what Mm -hmm. that is but can assume that that's kind of her is um is out to get her and they just wanted to make sure that she doesn't get got i'm sorry can i just say I'm like up in our loft recording this mm-hmm. and 
I never do this, but I forgot to turn any of the lights downstairs on. And we just have this like little fireplace in the corner mm-hmm. that's like flickering light. And I keep looking down because it's total dark <laughs> down there. And I'm just like starting to, to stress myself out. You picked the worst <laughs> podcast to do this on. <laughs> like, oh, you poor thing. Just don't kick over any dolls. That's all. If I hear a noise, I'm out <laughs> i'm out i'm like running if i hear any noise all right homies so. if this episode ends short just know either erica got spooked <laughs> or erica got got it's one of the two <laughs> <laughs> yeah one of those two which would we prefer that i get <laughs> okay but yeah so that is how that episode ends uh, with them staring down at her and we go right into episode two which is the pupil mm-hmm. the pupil i felt like i said that in a way where you couldn't understand what i was saying no you were it's, you were clear you're good okay i felt like i said it like the pupil <laughs> <laughs> and i was like mm-hmm. try that one more time <laughs> um okay yeah so we go into the next episode we're like hopping back in basically with Danny following through with her punishment. Um, She's talking to them. They're still saying that, you know, we didn't mean to lock you in. It was an accident. We couldn't find the key. And Danny, Danny is like talking to Flora and Flora has her, has that doll, the like malevolent doll. Mm -hmm. She's like, has her miles comes and grabs the doll and like books it out in the like runs out into the hallway and throws the doll down the laundry chute mm-hmm. <laughs> like so aggressive i was like all right miles dang so yeah he like throws the doll and we also learn from hannah that them tracking mud through the house happens like a couple of times um a month like through the night they'll they'll do that and she'll wake up and she'll have to clean their money footprints. That happens a couple of times mm-hmm. like every month. So we learn that this isn't like an unusual occurrence for them, which it should be, but okay, whatever, which is another thing kind of going back to what I was saying with like Danny really disciplining them. Like you can kind of tell that up to this point, the kids kind of just do whatever, especially with, when it comes to Hannah, she, because of what's happened to them, she really gives them like a pass. Yeah, that's true. And you can tell that she doesn't want to, you know, hurt them in any way or make them feel bad in any way. So it seems like, and, and Owen is, he's just a nice guy. So he's very nice to the kids. He doesn't get mad at them or ever be mean to them. It seems like the only one who's like a little bit kind of feisty with them is Jamie, but even she does it in like a, good-hearted way Uh, she i think she does it from the uh i'm not gonna take these kids crap but i also am gonna keep my job sort of right i still want to be a gardener here but also fuck them (laughs) yeah so yeah it seems like out of all of them you know danny is the one who's really like no despite what you've been through like you can't do this kind of stuff because she makes miles specifically she makes him mop up like he she makes him fall finish hannah's job of mopping up all the footsteps while he's doing that she's like 
okay, let's go down to the basement and get your doll. Flora says that she's scared of the cellar. She doesn't want to go down there. So Danny goes down there by herself and she finds the doll sitting perfectly. Yeah. Like in the middle of the floor, just waiting for her. That damn doll, <laughs> I was dude. Like, yeah, I, I I was like, how'd she get like that? Why is she sitting so pretty like that? I'm gonna reiterate to you, <laughs> homies, that as far as all the horror tropes go, the one I cannot stand is goddamn dolls, man. I hate dolls. They're just so creepy. They're so creepy. Mm-hmm. All right, please continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Danny kind of makes them do a bunch of chores to this day to make them atone for their sins. Uh, but... While they're doing the chores, we get a flashback and we get to see why Miles got kicked out of boarding school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so was it like a Catholic? Yeah, I think it, it, I think I it was a Catholic boarding school. Yeah. Yeah. So he's in boarding school and it's always interesting to see these flashbacks with Miles specifically because you can tell that he was just so different. Like, he just seems like a regular kid. Like, a kid who's been through some shit, but, like... Still a kid. Yeah, he's just, like, a regular kid. He's not all creepy and weird and, like, <laughs> yeah. like he is now. Um, Which, by the but, way, doesn't so they, he look like the goddamn kid from Insidious a little bit? Like, just a tiny bit. Mm, yeah. He's got that same yeah, I might-kill-you look in his eyes. He does. Plus that, anybody, any little kid that has that, like shaggy ish bowl haircut Mm -hmm. they could be either like really really cute and like a leave it to beaver sort of way or they're like a creepy kid in a movie (laughs) (laughs) one of the two no others parents just take note fall yeah they're gonna fall on one one side of that spectrum and miles miles like goes from one side of the spectrum he just like completely like hurdles over to the <laughs> kid's side real fast um but yeah so basically miles is like getting this this lesson in school and the father what they father right is that what he calls him or does he call him i don't i'm gonna be honest i don't actually remember his name um from that episode <laughs> me neither i'm gonna call him teach all right we'll call him teach um, so Teach, <laughs> Teach is like really, really nice to Miles. You can see that he really cares about him, especially because he's lost his parents. Like Teach is, tries to kind of relate to him and be there for Miles. And one thing that they do talk about in their lesson that Miles is particularly interested in is that de- is that demons need permission to possess a body. And that as a result, people are free to their own choices. So they don't have to be bad if they don't want to be. Like those are two things that Miles seems very interested in when learning the lesson. But so we jump from this moment. Teach gives Miles a letter and he's like, yo, your sister wrote you a letter. How nice. And Miles is like, oh, dope. We jump from that scene to Miles climbing a very tall tree and then like letting himself fall out of the tree. Yep. (laughs) In front of Teach. Like Teach is like, Miles, like running, (laughs) like screaming, like running, trying to get him to stop. And And also there's another little kid like climbing up who's like, Miles, come back down. 
that little kid is so cute yeah he the really one is that, the one's uh, trying to save uh, his life yeah his little buddy he's like miles come back miles falls out of the tree and breaks his arm which and then, let's be real here he got off easy for how big they made that I, tree look i thought he was dead i definitely thought he was dead <laughs> 100 percent looked like yeah because it really did look like it was like the tree of life it looked <laughs> huge and he was like scaling that thing so yeah he he managed to just get away with a broken arm which is nuts but yeah he like breaks his arm the little kid asks him why he jumped out of the tree and miles says i was trying to find the right key and the little kid's like, huh? And he's like, no, I didn't, I, I didn't jump. I fell. And then we cut to another scene of Miles choking out the little kid mm-hmm. in the hallway, choking him so hard. I was like, dang. I was so sad because that, that other little kid is so cute and he's been nothing but nice to Miles. It literally cut from him being like, if you ever need anything, I'm here to Miles, like having him in a chokehold. <laughs> RKO this poor kid, like goddamn. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, it was so. He needs some milk. I can't stop thinking of that, but he really did. I was like, oh my, because by the time that Teach gets there, uh, the little kid is passed out, but he he wakes him up, mm-hmm. and so Teach takes Miles aside. He talks to him. Miles is just kind of like upset and he wants to know why some innocent people, you know, basically why his parents didn't get to live. They were innocent. And the teach says, well, the only truly innocent people are the only thing that is truly innocent are animals and question mark. I can't remember what he said, but one of them was animals because Teach has a bird. Mm-hmm. That's like his pet bird. He like keeps them in a cage in his room. And so then we cut to uh, Teach like practicing his sermons and stuff. And you see like. And this is, at, this is like at yeah. night. This is like after everybody's asleep. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of like closing up for the night. Yeah. He's like closing up. As he's walking towards the camera, we see someone like scampering in the background behind him. And we're like presuming that it's Miles. Mm -hmm. And when the when Teach comes back out, he sees that his bird's neck has been snapped. Right? Yeah. yeah. He like snapped his neck. Snapped his neck and then delivered him like a puppy to his owner. (laughs) Yeah. Just lets him just like lays it down there like a gift for Teach. Then we cut to Miles and, you know, there's like a bunch of teachers and like the, the principal or headmaster head, or whatever. Yeah, headmaster is there. Basically, the headmaster is like, yo, I want to expel you, but teach wants you to stay. So like apologize and maybe we can figure something out like we can, you know, work with you and see if we can get you past this troubling time because teach is still like pulling for miles he's like i want you to be here yeah he's like i i feel like i could help this kid in some way yeah so then miles is like okay yeah i apologize i apologize that i didn't like do worse yeah he's basically like i wish i would have killed the shit out of that bird (laughs) and i'm sorry i did it Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
should have drained that bird of all its blood. <laughs> yeah. Miles goes ape shit. And then so at that point in time, they're like, you got to go. Right. Yeah. And and so he runs into Teach in the hallway and Miles is like, I'm sorry, but like I had to find your key. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so he gets sent home. And then later on, they find the letter from Flora underneath his pillow. And it just says, come home is like what she wrote. Yeah. She like put come home and then she drew like a picture of her. Um and two other people all crying and i couldn't tell if one of the people was supposed to be hannah or if it was supposed to be rebecca yeah i'm not sure i have to look at the picture again i thought i thought in my head that it was um flora miles and then one question mark person that's that's what i remember seeing but i could be wrong about that i'd have to rewatch the episode yeah i think it might have been rebecca because she had hair Mm. if she was bald then it would have been hannah but i think she had hair yeah i think so too so it might have been like rebecca in the background crying. yeah i thought it was it could have been that or it could have been whatever the doll was um like a picture Mm -hmm. of that but like i was just like i know there's a there's some i felt like one of the people in the picture was dangerous is kind of the impression i got yeah yeah which is why you know miles was doing the most to try and get home so this whole thing with the key before we even got into the third episode the whole thing with the keys you know i i figured that after he said it to teach i was like okay miles Miles's key, the key for him was like he needed to figure out the exact button to push with Teach that would be the step too far mm-hmm. so that Teach would, you know, send him, send him home. home. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you can tell, especially when he's choking out uh, his homeboy, you can tell he doesn't really want to do it. Like he looks really upset while he's doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, he was just trying out a bunch of different shit to see how he could get expelled but because teach wanted to help him so much everything he did he like got a pass yeah so which he had to kill a truly innocent thing which was the bird which i'm gonna say miles i get it and you know you got a close connection with your sister so like you get that message you want to go home right i might have if i was in your shoes maybe played around with the order of this trial and error because i feel like jumping (laughs) out off a 20 foot tree as like your first option might not have been the way to go i'm a i I get that you're young but yeah because i don't really know why that would have gotten him expelled unless he was trying to hurt himself yeah i think that's what it was i think he was just trying to injure himself yeah that's the thing like you could have just not gone home at all my dude like you gotta you gotta think these through a little bit. Yeah. What he was like? What he was like nine when that happened. Yeah. Thing. So I give him an age pass. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I I feel like I would have gotten high up in that tree and been like, yeah, maybe I'll go back down and figure. Let me rethink. Let me just know. run into uh, a wall <laughs> instead. There are easier ways to break my arm than this particular <laughs> path I'm about to take. Yeah, or just roll off of the top bunk. <laughs> right? Like the amount the amount of easy ways we have all broken bones in the past. Like you you don't have to go that far. Yeah, he was getting a little a little desperate. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so we learned that about Miles. Uh we go back to Pres 
not pre- the you know Bly Manor stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we oh so Hannah sees this crack in the wall in the kitchen and tells Jamie that she like saw a crack and if Jamie could go fix it that'd be great but then when Jamie goes back to look at it there is no crack so that's something to be noted they also keep getting prank phone calls Mm -hmm. so people keep calling Blind Manor and then when they answer they don't say anything so then eventually like they just hang up on them um, so that's a couple things that happened in this episode. <laughs> Miles, <laughs> Miles, creepy ass, uh, goes and picks flowers for Danny mm-hmm. as an apology for what he did. And he gives her the flowers and Danny's like, oh, thanks. And Miles kind of like beckons her like he's going to tell her a secret. So Danny like leans down and he like pushes her hair behind her ear in a very sensual (laughs) weird way and danny is like bitch she looks just taken aback yeah like pushes her hair back and whispers in her ear and it's very uncomfortable it made me very uncomfortable yeah super (laughs) it's if a lot of times it feels like and i might be jumping the gun a little bit and i'll actually talk about it more next episode too but um he's got this weird personality shift where it's it feels like he's shifting between being a kid and some grown-ass dude Mm -hmm. i agree because he gets very like sensual and weird sometimes and it just seems so out of character with how he is when he's not being creepy miles yeah like even in the first episode when um uh miss gross is like oh you should call her by you should call her miss clayton or by her last name and he's just now nah, i'm calling you danny like he he refuses mm-hmm. to do that little formal shift and it's like that's kind of weird miles yeah you little weirdo um i'm telling so, you miles is also- the imposter i'm telling you i'm telling you right <laughs> now <laughs> everybody vote miles <laughs> <laughs> um so then we find out that he cut all the like roses in Jamie's garden. He like destroyed the her little rose garden mm-hmm. area. So she's pretty salty, as I would be. Um, and so <laughs> like they they did all their chores and stuff all day. So Danny is like, you know what, you guys, you did such a good job. We can play whatever game you want. And Flora says, Let's play hide and seek. I was like, Bitch, you thought I would not play hide and seek. <laughs> Never in would I After ever. After all this stuff, they just locked you in a closet last night. And now you want to play a game where they're like running around hiding and like. Uh, not I only I are like, they doing that, not. but they're doing that shit right before bedtime, like in the middle of the goddamn night. Like, Danny, you know better at this point. You yeah, know better. Girl, what is you doing? And Flora even says, she's like, are we going to be back in our beds and stuff? Like, before it gets too late and Danny's like yeah but I'm like well then maybe play something easier because hide and seek can go on for a long time especially in a house that size who knows how long it'll take for you to find them so why don't you do something fucking easier play like Monopoly or something I don't know (laughs) I was just like this is literally anything else anything but nope they decide to play hide and seek of course um so (laughs) 
they run and they hide. Danny's like looking for them and she realizes that um they probably went to the the wing that they're not supposed to go to. So she goes and she's looking for Flora and the music there's this music box that was their mother's it was like a jewelry box and it plays that song that Flora like was singing earlier and stuff it's playing that song Mm -hmm. and Flora's like humming along to it (laughs) and we start to hear this like wheezing like strained other voice also trying to hum along Mm -hmm. And it starts off quiet and then it gets louder and louder. And then Flora turns around and she shushes it and it pans over. And it's like, it's straight up a ghost. I don't even know. It's straight up a ghost. It's like a, it's a straight up ghost. Faceless. Her face is missing. Mm -hmm. She's like pulling herself along the floor. I almost thought it was a mermaid (laughs) at first. Because, like, the way that she's, like, pulling herself along the floor. And, yeah, but she has no face. She has really long hair. It's not Rebecca. No. I don't think it's anybody that we know up until this point. Mm -mm. Because at first I thought maybe it would be. But I was like, that was not definitely not her. Because of how it sounded, it sounded like there was, like, water in its lungs. Yeah. So I guess that's why I thought it would have been her. But, yeah, no, this is someone we haven't seen yet. Which, by the way, what a goddamn switch right there. Because, like, that scene's so tense. And, like, you're just like, Flora, Flora, turn around, Flora. Like, run, girl. Like, the whole time. And then she sort of just turns around and is like, shh. And I'm like, what the hell? Which also yeah. honestly makes sense. Because I did notice that, you know, earlier I was saying, like, there's a there's a doll for everybody in the house. I remember that doll in the dollhouse actually because it was so specific compared to the other ones like i remember in the dollhouse there was one that was a doll was like laying down behind a box and so i was like okay this is gonna be a ghost that we're gonna see at some point and lo and behold we do see it in the attic but floor is completely unfazed by it so it's kind of like now like hold up what what's floor's deal like is she just in tune with this house and all the spirits that are here or what's going on well i think that yeah i think flora and miles just kind of yeah are like very aware of all of the ghosts that are there and have just almost kind of learned to like live with it yeah because um, that would also yeah, explain no it would also explain the why they know what to do with the footstep lady too because like they seem to know the rules behind it even though even if they're not telling everybody what's actually going on they seem to understand how mm-hmm. to stay safe when these things happen yeah. which is why i think that they you know try i they try and like tell everybody else like they try and warn danny but like in a playful way they never come out right and say like hey you, you know, might die like, yeah. if you don't yeah they're just like hey don't leave your room don't do this i think that's why they try so hard to like do these little things to keep everyone safe is because they kind of know how to play by the rules Mm -hmm. almost, but they can't really explain it to anybody. I mean, with keeping people safe though, Miles kind of jumps that line towards the end of this scene though, when he hops in on Danny, tries to again, 
RKO another character out of nowhere because you like I forget what he says. But he just like runs up behind her. It's like, oh, I found you. And then he says something yeah. else. But like the whole time he's like got his arms wrapped around her neck and like he's fucking squeezing. Yeah. And then he's like, yo, ease up, ease up. And he's he's not yeah. like he's he's not. He's such a weirdo. I was like, you little WWE bitch. Because like, he, he's like, yeah, he comes out of nowhere, jumps on her. He's like, now I'm going to come find you because he wants her to go hide now. Mm-hmm. And he's like choking the shit out of her. Finally, he lets go and he just runs away like a crazy person. <laughs> and she's like chasing him. She's like, Miles, we're not playing anymore. Mm-hmm. She like chases him out into kind of like the front area and she sees that guy again but this time he's like outside looking through the window just kind of like smiling at her she stares at him for a while then she runs outside and he's gone and then she turns around and miles is standing inside and he's like i don't feel so good and then he falls over and he does look like shit like he's like very pale he looks like he just got like the bubonic plague in the matter of two seconds. Mm-hmm. So she like runs back inside. Hannah's awake now there because Danny's like screaming and they wake him up. And then he looks out the window and he also sees the guy. But also, I almost forgot before they before Danny sees him inside of the music box, she found a Polaroid that is the same guy. Yeah. It was a po- it's a Polaroid of him and a girl, and it's the same guy that she's been seeing. So that is how the show ends. The show the, or the episode the episode. No, ends that's the end of the show. Chaos. The whole show is just done, right? That's how the show ends, guys. <laughs> just chaotic. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the episode ends. There's a lot going on, and then when episode three picks up, which is called the Two Faces Part One. It basically like it jumps right back in where we left off last time. Yeah, yeah, where we left off. Miles is waking up. Um, like Danny tells Hannah that she's the guy in the photograph is who she's been seeing. So they call the police right away because we find out that the guy that is in the photograph and the girl, the girl is Rebecca, and the guy is this guy named Peter Quint who basically like broke Rebecca's heart. She's the reason that, or he's the reason she committed suicide because he like left her, left town, and he also stole money from Mr. Wingrave. He stole, what was it, 200,000? 200,000, yeah. I was like, okay. Yeah. yeah, so he he stole a bunch of money. He broke Rebecca's heart, and they've they haven't seen him since he did that. So... They think that he is alive and has come back for some reason. Because of what we know, I'm a I'm gonna go ahead and put him on the RIP, the deceased list. Yeah. Um personally. Yeah, because like he's <laughs> definitely ghosting right now and not in the way that the characters think he's ghosting. Uh. yeah. Yeah, because he's just like popping up out of nowhere. I'm yeah. like, but it was I interesting say he's alive yeah it was interesting to see a bit of his past though like i'm glad the episode did that um for us to kind of see who he kind of was because like he was yeah. integral to this whole kind of process that they had um you know before shit went south because he was basically mm-hmm. he was basically wingrave's like secondhand man 
um and like he helped find rebecca too as, as far as i know mm-hmm. yeah he helps hire her because when she comes in for her interview he's there he's like immediately attracted to her mm-hmm. um yeah so we kind of jump into their backstory a little bit basically uh when rebecca got hired like she got along with the kids very well we learned that flora learned perfectly splendid from rebecca right like rebecca used that to describe herself and flora like loved it so that's why she says it so much which i i liked that they added that that was a fun little bit yeah i thought that was cute i was like oh okay that makes sense and now i get why she says it so much Mm -hmm. because it's something rebecca said um yeah so uh as rebecca is like she she also kind of like falls in love with it when she first gets there and she gets along really well with everybody we find out that like peter used to be the driver he used to drive people there but now owen drives people there because peter's not around anymore Mm -hmm. um peter keeps just kind of like showing up (laughs) to the to buy just to like flirt with rebecca yeah and we also learn this is this is where Miles got the thing about the keys mm-hmm. because and the thing with the flowers because yep. Peter brings flowers, the same roses, the same color and everything. He brings roses into the room, but he gives them to Flora and then kind of uses this as like, oh, look, I love kids. Aren't I so nice mm-hmm. and cute? And kind of impresses Rebecca. It's like, and look, man, explains, you're lucky you got a nice jawline. That's all I'm going to say. Right? And like, I'm like, yeah, but ugh, he, he's on now. <laughs> but <laughs> so, yeah, he, he kind of explains to Miles that every person has a key. You just have to figure out what their key is. And once you figure that out, you can they'll open themselves to you. And he says that for most women, their key is uh, flowers and that like Mr. Wingrave's key is money. And so that's where Miles gets the whole thing about the keys that he used with Teach. And he also gets the idea to bring flowers to Danny because he saw Peter do that with Rebecca. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was like a another cool callback and it's interesting because when when miles is talking to peter and he's like where did you get those flowers like did you get that from jamie's garden like she's gonna be so upset he's almost like taken aback that he went and cut up her garden Mm -hmm. but then he does the same thing well but like probably like worse yeah (laughs) though like he he kind of brushes it off. Peter kind of brushes it off, though, because he's like, Jamie's always angry. Like, he doesn't really give it mm-hmm. too much of a note when he's asked about it. Yeah, but it's it's like you can really see the difference between Miles back then. And, and Miles in the now. story present. Because, mm-hmm. like, that's the thing about Peter. Is Peter, you can tell, is one of those people that gets what they want. Like, he definitely strikes me as that. Yeah. It's like when he wants something... He all ends and he's like, I'm going to get this thing. Yeah, Peter's the worst. And Agreed. I wanted to like him Agreed. at first just because. He's he's likable at the start. He is actually likable at the start. Yeah. But as you spend more time with him, you start to see kind of more of his true colors. And they are not, mm-hmm. they are not vibrant. They're the ugliest <laughs> colors, yeah. They are some <laughs> yeah. dookie browns in this man's personality. Yeah. 
He's like when you're little and you're painting and you're like, what if I mixed all the colors together? <laughs> and it made like fucking, yeah, like shit. And you're like, oh, well, that's Peter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so eventually him and Rebecca form this relationship. Peter keeps kind of telling Rebecca that she's too good for the job. And Rebecca, eventually it comes out that the main reason that Rebecca took this job is because she wants to be a lawyer and Mr. Wingrave, like she wants Mr. Wingrave to be her mentor. Mm -hmm. And so she's kind of using this as in, not to say that she doesn't like, you know, care about the kids and stuff, but you can, yeah, she's using this as her in to get closer to him because that's what she went to school for. And that's what she really wants to do. Yeah. So they, they like, get together <laughs> peter's coming around a lot because they're together now and you can tell that hannah and basically everyone else like hannah owen and jamie all don't really seem to like him like they're very annoyed by his presence being there all the time owen not so much but yeah because owen just likes everybody yeah because owen's just a gem so he doesn't care but yeah hannah for sure is not a fan of peter mm-hmm and so like, uh, she, they're like, oh, no, nah, I was just going to say, like, they're developing this relationship. But then it goes sour. And like, oh the God. and the whole time, too, like, I, I think a majority of this episode is us hearing about the plot. How, how, how to reference these damn timelines. So the, the present, the present mm-hmm. story, those characters are kind of prepping themselves just in case peter is around like they're kind of making Mm -hmm. sure they're ready if he's actually going around and then at the simultaneously we're learning about who the fuck peter was and like what he did but we get into so like they get into this relationship right and then he starts kind of getting very clingy like out of nowhere where it's like She's like, I gotta go. I gotta go work now. And he's like, No, 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 stay in bed and like stuff yeah. like that. And she's like, No, I, I got stuff to do. Like, you're here another night yeah. and all this shit. And then that, uh, that cake incident happens. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, she, yeah, like she tries to leave bed. He pulls the shit out of her arm, and she's like, I gotta go. And then, um, he he brings her a fur coat. That he says mm. Mr. Wingrave gave him permission to, but it's the the deceased mother's fur coat. Yeah. He tells Rebecca that she can have it. And so she like put, she's supposed to be watching the children and she tells him that, but he's like, oh, just give me a minute. They're fine. They're fine. She like puts on the fur coat and they're like, which is when they take the Polaroid, they're making out and Hannah catches them and she like goes off i loved it but yeah so she goes off she pisses peter off so then it cuts to them in the kitchen owen is baking a cake with the kids and he's going around to every single person and being like here taste the cake here taste the batter like giving them the spoon to taste the batter Mm -hmm. he goes up to rebecca and she tries it and then after rebecca he goes to peter and he tries it and then later on rebecca goes to the room and Peter's like packing up his bags and they get into this huge argument where Peter accuses Rebecca of cheating on him with Owen and is basically calling her a slut and saying that like, yeah. oh, any man can stick whatever he wants in your mouth. He's emotionally abusive. Oh, he's, yeah. an abu- he's an abusive boyfriend. Oh, like hell he, yeah. 
is manipulating her and gaslighting her. Hella. He jumped every conclusion in the conclusion <laughs> hurdle race to the most ridiculous place of like, oh, you took his batter, you must be taking something else. Like, Peter, shut your ass up, dude. Like, it's not. And it's cr- like, he w- goes to sleep the night before, and then the next day, he's just like, make treating her like shit the whole day but of course as happens you know in a lot of times because he's making her feel like she's crazy or you know and like making her feel bad and stuff she's upset and she like because she fell i mean they both fell for each other very very intensely very quickly because they haven't really known each other for very long but yeah he yells at her and then leaves and like slams the door in her face yeah which i i do wish that she got more mad in that scene like i i i do wish like she got a couple more words in because like she didn't do jack shit wrong and like i I did want to see her character call him out more i think though i think that the way that it was done is very realistic to an abusive relationship that's fair because like the way that most people get trapped into those is because the abuser turns the abuser turns themselves into the victim it makes you believe that you've done something wrong mm-hmm. and so i think that the way that it was done he was really making her feel regardless of if she did anything wrong or not or think she did he was making her feel like she needed to apologize to him and that because of what she did, he was going to leave now. And I think she was so upset by that idea that, yeah, it was her fault. Like in her head, she's like, this is all my fault. Yeah. Whether it's like, I it thought I thought all of five minutes ago we were cool. And then all of a sudden. Yeah. And now and now you're saying because of what I did, I've ruined the night. And so, yeah, I think that like it's frustrating to watch, but I think it's very realistic because that is how most people, most abusers get their significant others to stay. Mm-hmm. They like gaslight them into thinking that everything is their fault. Yeah. And I think that it makes sense when like, obviously we don't know exactly what happened, but I think it makes a lot of sense that he is manipulating her and that's, what's going to lead her down this like unfortunate path. Cause I think if she got angry back at him, it wouldn't make sense for them to, be that into each other later on but we know that she's like that she was like in love still in love with him when he left Mm -hmm. so he has to convince her like you know there has to be some reason he probably comes back and she forgives him or something i don't know there has to be some reason for (laughs) i know i hope that it happens in the next three episodes (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to be sitting on this But so like that happens. Right. And then is it just we get to the to the story time afterwards? Is that the is that the next bit? Um, yeah, basically they yeah, because they couldn't find they couldn't find Peter. Yeah. The kids went to like they called the cop. They called the cops and then they had like Owen and um, Jamie come to help like look around. Yes. And then also. In the morning, Danny finds Flora 
just standing out, staring at the lake. Oh, yeah, that's right. She brings her back inside, and Flora's, like, screaming and freaking out. So she calls the doctor. The doctor says he can't find anything physically wrong with her. Flora rests for the whole day, and then it goes to Then it goes to story story time, time. yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, then we get this batshit crazy story time with... (laughs) <laughs> with Flora and Miles. Yeah, which, like, starts off so innocent. Like, it really does. And you're like, okay. Like, I think as a viewer, you already know some shit's about to go down in story time. Like, I was I was ready for it. But, like, they led me on for a while because, like, I think at first, because they kind of do it in pairs, right? Like, Flora goes first with, like, her bit of the story time. It's, it's they, you know, they're, they're doing their funny little English quips along with the story i love their little alliterations and word plays as they're telling their kind of like fable story and uh flora tells this little like story about being like a cat in the forest with like a yarn ball and whatnot and you're like okay well, it's a cute kid story and then mm-hmm. it's miles's turn to tell the story or tell a story and he starts talking about this uh being i'm trying because i honestly need to like rewatch this monologue but he talks about like being a puppet being left behind by like a puppeteer and then like the Uh, yeah or or the puppeteer the puppeteer made a bunch of puppets and then the puppeteer went away away. and so then the puppets the puppets forgot that they were puppets they forgot that they had strings and that they had been made by someone else they just went and did their own thing Mm -hmm. so then when the puppeteer came back and saw that they had forgotten about him he pulled, pulled on their on strings, their strings. Mm-hmm. they pulled on them real them hard could. and he's yeah. he's he's gone he's already by the time he gets into this bit of the of the story time he has left fairy tale kid land like he's telling <laughs> some dark goosebumps tales from the crypt shit mm-hmm. at this point yeah he's going real off the rails and <laughs> he's like getting into it because he's like when he pulled they he pulled on their strings and it hurt and everyone, you can tell every all the adults are like, Ooh, uh, yeah, they're you good, all- my guy. Yeah. <laughs> but so then the phone rings and Owen finds out that his mother has passed away. She's been sick for the like, since the series started. We find out that she's been sick and he takes care of her. So everybody goes outside to kind of like see him off. Uh, Danny and Jamie have a little budding romance, it seems. Mm-hmm. And after everybody leaves, Danny turns around <laughs> and that figure is like the her hallucination guy is standing in front of her, just staring at her. And then it like gets pulled really quickly into the house. Yeah, though it and looks like it was like it looks like it was falling down. But uh, you, you good? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Anthony was kneeling right next to me and I didn't hear him come up. <laughs> just, he was trying to find something. I, <laughs> oh my god. Sorry. Uh, I uh, shit my pants uh, there. I'm keeping this bit. I want you to know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, my heart. So that happened. <laughs> so good. I was kind of waiting for it. I'm gonna be real. I was like, something's gonna happen. Okay, all right. But we end this episode on both the hallucination scare and 
Erica being scared. <laughs> <laughs> and the real life. The real life scare. And uh, yeah. well, so how do you, how are you feeling at this point? Like three episodes in, uh, then. I'm feeling great. I'm very excited about what's to come. I'm like, there's just so many questions that I cannot wait to get answered and there's still so many people where i'm like very like specifically hannah and i'm so excited to get more and well and danny also like i'm just excited to get into their backstory and just figure out what's going on Mm -hmm. um so i'm excited like to continue yeah on the path that the show is creating so far can i make a can i make a little prediction i have a feeling that um miles maybe somehow being possessed by uh by peter. peter yeah mm, i'm, get, I'm getting thought, them possession yeah. vibes right now i thought maybe yeah i was thinking that maybe too is that he's in or influencing him in some way um maybe they're kind of like fighting back and forth because i have to wonder i'm like why was Miles so interested in that idea of like if demons need permission mm-hmm. to enter a body? Yeah. So yeah, I feel like maybe he's kind of having a back and forth with Peter where Peter's trying to fully possess him and Miles is like fighting back. Yeah. Or so. or whatever if peter by some chance isn't a complete asshole and maybe he was being possessed by something then that same thing might be uh moving over to miles now that peter's gone mm-hmm. one of the two but there's that de- for me there's definitely a connection between peter and miles um that i think we'll find out more about in the next couple episodes but so far that's like my only series prediction right now yeah okay and i also wonder if hannah is a ghost yeah something's up with hannah something really is up with hannah she doesn't eat she never eats she never drinks and she zones out she's seeing things that other people aren't seeing and also there are like four candles lit Mm -hmm. but only three people that she knows have died the two parents and Rebecca. So who's the fourth candle? Yeah. It's strange. Yeah. Like I'm I'm interested to see where they go with her character because there there's very clearly something off there that we haven't quite yet nailed down. Yeah. So yeah. Those are those are the predictions we have, homies. And if we're right, then you can go ahead and Venmo us um, ten dollars. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding um but no that would be dope if we were right but we'll see i'm sure they'll throw like 75 more curveballs before episode nine right but all right homies that is it for the very first part of our Bly manor series um we hope that you guys enjoyed us talking about these first three episodes if you guys have already watched the season all the way through and you want to talk about it you gotta we can only go so far don't spoil anything for us or anybody else um if you guys want to watch along with us then that would be pretty cool too but i understand if you can't wait and you need to like (laughs) blow through the series i get it yeah it's it's Um, netflix like that's i feel like that's nine out of ten people's like i'm gonna watch this all right now yeah 
might as well especially when it just like starts to play it for you it's like eh, yeah i'll let it happen <laughs> um but yeah let us know what you guys are thinking of or your thoughts on this season if you liked it if you didn't like it especially in comparison to the first season what are you feeling as always you can message us on our social medias we're at homies of horror on everything uh feel free to comment message email us homies of horror at gmail.com but like we said just do not spoil the ending for us pretty please um Go ahead and leave us reviews on all of the podcast apps that you listen to us on. We very much appreciate it. And also follow us on those so that you can be notified first thing when our new episodes come out, which is every single Monday. And yeah, I'm excited to continue this series. And we look forward to seeing you on the next one next Monday, guys. Yeah, we'll catch you later, homies. Bye.